Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Trey Lance. We'll probably get into a little bit of some other draft stuff, but I have John Chapman on as a guest today. John, you want to say hi to everybody? Yeah, man. Uh, Matt, just want to say thanks for letting me come on again. It's, it's been about a year since uh, we were chatting some 49ers stuff. But, man, really glad to be here, and what a crazy time. We got this crazy trade last Friday. 49ers Twitter and fandoms going nuts, tearing each other apart over who they like the most and, more importantly, who they don't like. Uh, so this is going to be fun, man. Let's jump into it. Yeah, so the first thing I want to ask you is just where do you think the 49ers front office stands right now? Like if we had to take a projection in terms of percentage of who they're going to take, in my opinion, I think the one and two picks, I think they're done. I think we know it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think we know it's going to be Zach Wilson. And I, I don't think Mac Jones, there's much of a chance of him going three. I know people have been floating that idea around <laughs> and it's, it's getting popular. You have a lot of people saying like, oh, he's going to take him, you know, he's Kirk or whatever, whatever it is. I think that we've heard some of the comments from Kyle and I know there's often some comments from the 49ers front office where it's a lot of smoke and there's not really that much truth to it. But I think when you look back on Kyle's comments of guys like Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, he's begun to recognize that the league is changing. The rules are adapting where you want a playmaker at the quarterback position. And in my mind, it's, it's really between two guys. I, I think it's very likely that they already know exactly who they're going to take. But if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say there's a 65% chance that Justin Fields is a pick and a 35% chance that Trey Lance is the pick. But where are you at on that? Ooh, pretty dang close, actually. Um, you know, I, I put this out just a few days ago where I guess, you know, if I had to put percentages on the top four guys, I said 40% Justin Fields. I said um, 30% Trey Lance. 15 for Zach Wilson, just in case the Jets do something crazy. I don't think that's going to happen, especially after the Steve Young interview um, and how he talked about how uh, the Jets are basically already speaking to the parents and building that relationship, whatever else. And then I, I just put you know the rest on Mac Jones, which isn't much. Um, I, I don't think – one thing I do have to say, though, as we get into this time period, the one thing you have to remember, the 49ers don't leak. The 49ers don't leak. Who knew about this trade up? Nobody. So anytime you hear somebody say, oh, I've got inside information. No, you don't. You have wrong inside information. They'll, they might leak some stuff out, but it's because they want you to understand and put out false narratives out there. 49ers don't leak. 49ers don't leak. So <laughs> I don't care who says what, they're wrong. Um, this is a guessing game up until then. Yeah, and I, I like that you bring that up too because – if you remember before the Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch days, basically everything was being leaked. And that was one of the like the biggest hitting points that they had, like right when they got hired, is like, we don't want guys leaking information. Like we want stuff in like within our organization to stay in our organization. So I think that's a big point. Um also I I brought up like some of the stuff, like they'll say things to hopefully sway an opinion. W one of the things I and we won't get that much into it today, but Jimmy Garoppolo, just on him, where people were, they come out and John Lynch is like, no, he's our guy. And everyone, I think most people have recognized like, hey, they've been shopping Jimmy for quite some time. One of my favorite parts of the offseason is this, this almost like, I don't know what you'd call it, but basically a back and forth between the 49ers and the Patriots of, oh, the 49ers are like, we don't, we don't want to trade Jimmy. And the Patriots respond and say, well, we don't even want Jimmy. And it's just been back and forth all offseason. I think that's hilarious. I will say, I think there's a, a strong chance that he does end up a Patriot. We won't get into that too much today, but but do you I think, think you're that right. right on that? No, I, 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 
the timing, man. It, it's just it's like one of those cheesy romantic comedies that you have to watch with like your girlfriend or your wife, right? And just like all the things, just like oh, it's so close to almost happening. The timing was just off. Um, if they didn't sign Cam Newton, I think that the Jimmy Garoppolo trade would take place now. The 49ers were not going to move forward off of Jimmy Garoppolo until they knew that they had their quarterback for the future locked up. Also, you have to have a veteran presence in that in that locker room. Josh Rosen, that's fine. He's a, he's a great number three quarterback and you know whatever else, that's fine. But you're going to have to get a vet guy. So even if you do trade Jimmy Garoppolo and you get you know some extra draft compensation, whatever, you're going to have to go get somebody. Um, trade for a Gardner Minshew or you know something like that, uh, whatever. But the New England waters definitely have cooled because they have that big one-year contract with Cam. Why would you want a quarterback room with Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo? Help me make – that makes sense. That's, that's like $38 million wrapped up at the quarterback position if they traded for him. I, so I don't, I don't think one, that's going to happen. The one thing that I do wonder with Cam is if – and, and I, I don't know exactly the details on the contract. I remember hearing that a lot of it was like if he's the starter and he'll lose a lot of money if he's not the starter, right? Um, and just an idea because even the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff now, like if he's not going to get traded right away to the Patriots, like it could happen even after this season. Like it, I think that there's a, a chance of that. And maybe it's not Jimmy, but one thing I, I've always wanted to see with Cam Newton with, and something I want to see the Patriots do is employ some type of, not a true two quarterback system, but I love running an offense with another guy and almost having a, a like very heavy sub package or a, like a high volume sub package where they use Cam Newton all the time and they bring right. him in on the goal line and stuff. So I think that's the only scenario where you see them like acquire a, 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 I guess a starting quarterback where Cam's the backup. But then, then again, like he's not even a true backup. That's the only thing I could see happen there, but I definitely agree. Like it does seem like they're pretty committed to Cam. Um, but I guess that was kind of like the only theory around that, that I had, but right. it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. They could move on. So I just pulled up the contract numbers as you know, we're, we're kind of chit chatting through this. They they could release them right now. It'd be a $5 million cap hit. If they trade him, it's only a $2 million cap hit. So maybe you do uh now you bring Cam in. This has been put forth uh, before as well. You swap Jimmy for Cam and a little draft compensation as well. Let's say you get Cam in a third or Cam in a fourth. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Now that is a situation I would adore because such a smaller cap hit other than Jimmy Garoppolo. You draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Who better to learn from? Playing styles match up perfectly than Cam Newton. Uh, I would like that. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. That would. That definitely would. Um, But, but let's get into Trey Lance. I, this is So I didn't really tell you that much about like where I view him. I love Trey Lance. Trey Lance is is my favorite quarterback in terms of like when I watch a guy, I just like watching him the most. I I, I know Trevor Lawrence, I think, should be everyone's quarterback one. But for me, Trey Lance has been my quarterback too. He's been my quarterback too since the summer. I know that most people are like, no way, like it's Zach Wilson. And and I know that you think Zach Wilson is, is the second guy. Um, and, and it makes sense. Like we watch Zach Wilson's feel for the game and stuff. And, and Trey Lance isn't quite there couple things I love about Trey Lance, and we talked about this right before, his running style, he looks so close to Colin Kaepernick with the ball. He has the long strides, the powerful long strides, and he is very hard to take down. The other thing I really like about him is it is very clear that he is an extremely hardworking player on and off the field. 
you look at his, you just look at his his stats from from 2019. He had zero interceptions, and there's a reason he has zero interceptions, and that's because he's a film junkie. He's in there all the time. You you hear like some quotes from former coaches, like this dude loves it. He loves the sport. He's he's hardcore. His preparation is is crucial to his success. And kind of looking at how he would project to a 49ers offense, I, I love it. His his pockets pocket presence is exceptional. I think that's something that not a lot of people notice. And from time to time, he'll he'll be inaccurate downfield. But he's a he's a um, I guess he's improved his his like motion. I like it's been a lot quicker. Um, you see a lot of guys where they have like elongated motions and he kind of did that. One thing that you look at in 2019 is his motion doesn't look the same. Well, he's been working with Jordan Palmer and I think that's going to have a big effect on how he looks. What do you think about him working with Jordan Palmer? Do you think that's really important? Oh, it's huge. Uh, you, you look at Jordan Palmer working with guys like Josh Allen, you know, uh, credits a lot of his success to Jordan Palmer. And I, I think that the, the prototype that you look for at the quarterback position, you want that transfer. Josh Allen, their play styles are similar. Their body types are similar. A lot of similarities, small school, uh, somewhat rough accuracy issues at time, whatever else. But whatever concerns you had about Josh Allen, those don't necessarily apply to Trey Lance as much because he's so clean. He didn't have all those turnover plays and a negative touchdown to interception ratio. He had no interceptions. He had none. Yeah, the accuracy is a concern. But you have to look at what this guy can become. The things that you can't coach. Um, pocket presence. Like you said, it's elite. He is the best in this draft class. Pocket presence. It's so good. Mobility. Check. Uh, the throwing motion, you're correct. Sometimes he does do a little bit of a windup where he dips the ball below the elbow. Um, not not too bad, though. Um, I don't say that he has a quote-unquote quick release. Nothing like Jimmy Garoppolo probably has one of the quickest releases in the NFL. He's not that term, but he's close to average um, with the release time. Now, you go to the pro day after he's been working all year. As you said, a lot of that was cleaned up. And so the release at the pro day was just like, whoa, all right, because he's got the strongest arm in the draft, stronger than Justin Fields, stronger than Trevor Lawrence. He's got the strongest arm. And whenever you're you're throwing the ball and you watch the ball come out of his hand, he has the tightest spiral. I, I've gone through every single game this kid has played at the collegiate level, 17 starts, everything I can get my hands on, uh, which is hard to do at the FCS level. But um, – the you I, I haven't found one duck, not one. Every single ball, it's like a freaking cannon, and it's just one of those tight spirals where you can hear it whistling through the air. You're just watching the film, and you're just like, damn, that ball is ripping out of his arms every single time. Um, now, the one thing I will say about that, he does have to work on his touch. He has touch. You don't see it a lot on the film, though. Yeah, the the consistency of the touches is the issue because right. there's some throws that you'll see where where he's sitting in the pocket and he'll step up or you know he'll move to the side and you brought the pocket presence. You see that all the time, especially when he's going to go downfield because he'll find he'll he'll create some extra time, but then you'll see him sit back and you know sometimes he'll he'll look downfield and he'll throw a 50 yard pass into double coverage and you'll hit it right in the corner of the pylon. You'll go, well, I've only seen about two other quarterbacks make that throw in the last few years. And those two guys are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. But then other times you'll see him wind up. There'll be a guy wide open downfield and he'll miss him by 15 yards. 
And and so that's the thing. And it's not like the ball's like the ball's always pretty. It's always a tight spiral. It's always like that. But it's that consistency downfield. Yeah. And and that's something that I think I think that is a something that a lot of people look into a little bit too much. Not to say it's not important. It is absolutely important. And you have to develop that. But we've seen guys come into the league like a Josh Allen and not have that downfield accuracy. And what has he done? He's improved yeah. every single year. If you can and get go ahead. I was just going to say, and if you're going to pair wh- whatever quarterback lands with the 49ers, that's the best landing spot in the NFL for a quarterback. Um, you could talk about the Jets. Golly, I think that's the worst spot. Um, Falcons, I would put up there pretty close to the 49ers. They've got a lot of weapons around if they choose to go quarterback, whatever else. But, man, when we talk about these guys, and you know, th- this is what was coming to my head when you were talking, like, okay, quarterback busts, they happen. So much of the formula for a quarterback busting isn't the quarterback himself. It's the situation in which they get put in. Some guys are going to thrive no matter what. You can put Patrick Mahomes on almost any team, and they're going to be good except for Texas Tech. Uh, he was never good there. Uh, I think seven wins was the most he ever had. So, like, how does this guy go from seven wins at the collegiate level to, you know, what he is now in the NFL? You have to surround him with talent. It doesn't matter who they are. If you're on a crappy team, it's going to be pretty rough to be exceptional. And so, Trey Lance, what's the question? Oh, level of competition, blah, 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 blah. Well, surround him with studs. Brandon IU, Debo, Kittle. Oh, my gosh. This guy, oh, I'm getting excited. I'll, I'll calm down a little bit, man. I'm sorry. Well, but uh, I just think that. it's a perfect situation. Not even the weapons, but who does he have snapping him the ball? Alex Mack. Who's his left tackle? Trent Williams. Like, yeah. he has veteran players that are, are going to look at him and they're going to help him. They're going to carry him. And the, the best part about it for me, is and I'm not like I'm a big Justin Fields guy as well. I really like Justin Fields and I I really like Trey Lance. I and I said I do expect Justin Fields to be the pick. I would I would be so excited. If 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 Trey Lance is the pick, I will buy his draft jersey the night he is taken. Like that's how pumped I am about Trey Lance. But the thing is, the people talk about the offense and the fit and stuff like that. And you brought up the I think that is a perfect just analysis of quarterback bust because so many people go, Oh, look, this guy sucks. And I'll bring up Mitch Trubisky as an example. Oh, Mitch Trubisky sucks. Why in the world was Mitch Trubisky taken at three? We, we don't know. And and it's not like that wasn't the consensus around NFL teams. It, it was. Most people thought that. It was a big miss, though. Like, this dude had started, I think it was under 15 games at yeah. quarterback in his life. In, in high school, he started half of a season. Then he got hurt in his senior year. That's the only time he started. Same thing in college. He yeah. doesn't have He doesn't have the ability to do that. If a guy like Trey Lance is drafted, he had, maybe he has, you said, 17 starts. Not that much. It's still more than Mitch, but it's not that much. Exact same as Mac Jones as well. So that, that's very interesting yeah. um, because people talk about him as just like a guy that's just going to be a plug-and-play guy. Like, oh, he's going to fill the offense. And like, and not, I'm not, I, won't, I won't diss on Mac Jones. He's a very intelligent player, and you, you see that on the field. But people act like Trey Lance isn't. And, and that's yeah. the thing that frustrates me. When you look at how he projects into the Kyle Shanahan offense, there's a couple things that are, are really important, just not from a physical standpoint, but a mental standpoint. Is he tough? He's incredibly tough. He sits in the pocket. He'll get drilled. Now he'll change up his motion a little bit, and that's that consistency issue, and he has to improve that. But he's not afraid to have you know a defensive tackle stunt and then hit him right in the numbers and let he, and as he delivers the ball. Like, that's okay. He can do that. He checks the box there, which I'll say we used to see that with Jimmy. And yeah. since the knee, you haven't seen that. And that has affected the offense. You know, he's he shies away in some of those moments. 
he's not going to do that. He's going to be tough. And the other thing, and this is the, the most important thing about it, in my opinion, his preparation before games is, is very important. You look at Trey Lance, he calls, he calls the plays. He calls the protection. He changes guys. And you see him, he's going, hey, we, you know, we need you to come in here. And he'll adjust the play at the line of scrimmage. Most college quarterbacks aren't doing that, and especially yeah. not the level at him. And you talk about, oh, he hasn't played against this competition. Well, he's being asked to do so much more than other guys are being asked to do, yet people come at him and say, oh, like he's not going to be able to, to take a step to the next level. There is the speed element to how much this speed is going to jump at the NFL, but this guy is going to be more prepared than than or as prepared as any other guy in the class. And I think that is super important. You look at how Kyle Shanahan works his offense and everyone always talks about, Oh, is that year one to year two growth? Well, why is that? Because they get experience in it. He is going to be sitting right with Kyle sitting right with all those other quarterbacks and really learning. Okay. What do I need to do? Why am I doing this? Why is this important? And I think that's just an aspect of his game that people aren't talking about. Like when he gets, when he's, if he is drafted the 49ers, he is going to do everything possible to be a superstar player at the next level. And I think that's something that is very, very important. It you, you brought up intelligence, and this guy has it in spades. Graduated high school early so that he could go compete in spring ball. Did that. Graduated college early as well. Uh, people don't understand. He was, There was possibility of transferring from North Dakota State in 2020. That was in the cards, but then COVID happened. Right. So then it was just a total mess and whatever. So he was graduating early so that he could do that. But then, you know, every it just went to whatever. Um, but super intelligent, as you said, calls all of his own protections, all of the audibles at the line of scrimmage and all those things. This guy, I I don't understand how certain narratives get pressed out there without watching film or whatever. But he is the best. He's the best um, at read progressions. You watch this guy. He reads left to right the entire field, gets through three progressions. People say he's a run-first quarterback. Nope. You just assume that because you saw a rushing play that was a quarterback design run. Pay attention to the offensive lineman going downfield. That was never a pass. He does run, and that is a positive, but he is not a run-first quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Um his reprogression is legit. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So many plays when you're watching them. You'll see the if you're watching the all 22 coaches film, you see the back end zone view. The camera's right behind his helmet. And so you can see him look to the left, look to the right, look straight ahead, and then make his decision. And he gets through them quick, very, very quick. Um, so yeah, it, the intelligence thing I think is one thing that people miss. And man, there's just a lot of preconceived ideas that because he's only started one year, whatever else. This kid's 20 years old now. When you see film highlights, he's 18. We've only seen him play at 18. That's it. Uh, sky's and the limit for this guy. It's it's crazy how much like people expect these guys to come out and just look perfect every time. Like, oh, this guy has to look perfect. And so you look at a guy, and, and even people act like Trevor Lawrence looks perfect. Trevor Lawrence throws a lot of interceptions, and I'm not trying to knock on him. I, I told you, I think he's the quarterback one, but people expect these guys to come out and look perfect. No, no, you got to take what are they good at? What do they need work at? How are they going to get better? I, I think that's the way that quarterback needs to be evaluated better. Also, the talk you're talking about it, the talk about him, oh, he's a running back. Like You hear that. What? Like We're looking at him, and he is very clearly a quarterback. Uh, one of one of the things I, I remember when Russell Wilson was coming out was, well, like this guy can run really well, but he doesn't even run the ball that much. It's just I'm going to extend plays around behind the line of scrimmage. Trey Lance does that as well. He's not looking to run. He's going to look to pass the ball 
until the very last second, until he has to run, until he's forced to run. And there are design run plays a lot, and, and he did very, very well. Um, but the only question, I guess, in, in terms of how is he going to like project in the NFL in terms of how can he read the defenses, how can he go up and, and analyze them, is how much of the, the speed in the NFL is going to like be a learning curve for him? Is that, do you think that's going to be a massive learning curve? Um, I and think it's good. I, I do. And I think that's a learning curve for every single quarterback in that transitions to the, we talk about it's a 50% bus rate with first round quarterbacks, half make it half don't. Um, and if you look at the successful ones, it's, it's a transition time. It's Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. It, it, that's what it is. Joe Burrow is great, and he could read defenses very, very well. That's kind of what his strength was. Look how he did his first year in Cincy. Yeah, he balled out. How many wins did he get? Things like that. You need time to sit. Um, it's just it, you need to. And then you add into that the complexity of Kyle Shanahan offense. You need time to sit. Yeah, I'm not saying the whole season. I'm not saying half the season even. But you look at Justin Herbert, right? He was out three to four games behind Tyrod Taylor before that freak, you know, whatever injection accident took place, um, punctured his lung. That is what needs to happen. Baker Mayfield, same thing with Tyrod Taylor again, right? Let them sit. Um, it just and you need time to go through and just understand how things are and see things differently before. Before you get into the fire. And again, I, one more thing I will add. A lot of people are like, oh, just start the rookie right away. You're picking so high up. We're not the Bengals. We have a championship window open. You don't throw the rookie into the fire. I just don't believe in that. Um, Kyle Shanahan, again, when we traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a veteran, still sat that dude for five games. Even though the season was lost, didn't matter. Uh, Matt Ryan struggled his first year with Kyle Shanahan, even though he was a seasoned vet. So allow them to marinate, to understand, and to just kind of get some of those things uh, cleaned up and then get there because that speed is different. It's different. And with going from FCS to the NFL, it's going to be even more so. But if you look at his North Dakota State teammates and how they have done in other situations, Jabril Cox, linebacker, transfers to LSU, all-SEC type player. You look at Dylan Reduns, the left tackle, goes down to the senior bowl, player of the week. So don't come at me and say, oh, well, he didn't play competition. We've seen it translate. We've seen it translate. And so I, I think he has it. Speed will be an issue, but no more than anybody else. I, I think that's very well said because maybe like you look – and also a lot of the times when we look at like, okay, who do guys like? Like who do people generally like and then dislike? Like who are the – for a, a given person, right? So when I kind of like, we'll talk to a guy and they'll be like, no, I really like, I really like Zach Wilson. Like that's my guy. Right. And one of the reasons, one of the things they'll often say is I, I don't like Trey Lance. I, I don't know why this is, but a lot of people that really like Zach Wilson, for some reason, don't like Trey Lance. And you ask them why, and they're like, well, level of competition and stuff like that. Why is, why would Zach, why do we expect Zach Wilson to come in and just adjust to this speed immediately? There's, there's no reason to, to believe that that's not going to be a large learning curve. Justin Fields, his offense, if he if he goes to the 49ers, is going to be very, very different. It's going to look completely different. That's the biggest jump and style of play, um, you know, reads, all those things. And you could say, well, Ohio State quarterbacks usually don't have success. All right, that's you could, you could play that game. I think Justin Fields is 100% different. They're not even the same playing style as Dwayne Haskins. But, yeah, that is a big jump. And also, back to your level of competition. You look at Zach Wilson versus Power 5 conference teams. He had five games in his career. He went two and three, five touchdowns, four interceptions. So if, you, if you're bringing up the whole, 
competition level, you better have that for Zach Wilson too because he struggled versus you know adequate teams. BYU didn't have a power slate. And this year, Washington, the Huskies, tried to play BYU, and BYU said no. Uh, <laughs> wait, bothered the heck out of me still to this day, but probably best for Zach Wilson because if he would have struggled in that game, then who knows. Um, but he did struggle against Coastal Carolina, the best team they played this year. By far his worst game. Not trying to bring down Zach Wilson. I'm just saying people have these ideas that they read on Twitter and that's what they go to. Oh, I don't like this guy because of that. All right, well, let's look at that. Okay, there's no <laughs> facts to base this claim on. Okay, cool. Yeah, maintain that and just hold on to that. That, that that'd do you well moving forward. I'll, I'll add one other thing, and this isn't about Trey Lance, but one of the other ones I've heard is Justin Fields just, he is inaccurate. You don't see it. He's the most accurate quarter, not, not quarterback, not only by a percentage basis, but <laughs> when you when you watch him, He's hitting every throw. He's hitting outside the numbers, inside the numbers, short plays, deep plays, right? Like he is, he's clearly the most accurate quarterback in my mind. And I hear that a lot. I think that's because sometimes he kind of looks funky when he delivers the ball and it takes him a while to set up, but you can't just say, oh, his delivery is funky. Therefore he's inaccurate. That, that's just yeah. not true. So I, I agree with you. These narratives get out and they're, they're just odd. They're very interesting. Yeah. I think if, if people go and watch Trey Lance and try to go, Hey, like, let's just look at him from a skill point standpoint. I understand he isn't playing against high-level high competition, but he's dominating against these guys that aren't as good. Should he dominate against these guys that aren't that, that good? Yes, of course. He, he absolutely should if he's going to be the third overall pick, but he's doing it. That's the part that's important. He's checking the box. Yes, he is dominating. He's going out there, playing a full season, throwing zero interceptions. And, and that's oh my, that's the thing that, like, again, I, mean, I love that you bring that point up, man, and – not only does he is people say, oh, well, accuracy is the issue. It does no negative plays. Yeah, he misses some throws, but he throws them in a very protective way. Uh, if you're wrong, you're never long. He's got a cannon. So in those deep throws, they're not being picked off. 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Are you kidding me? Uh, man, I, I'm with you. And back to your whole thing on accuracy with Justin Fields. That dude, his he had an 81% adjusted completion percentage. Meaning, if you factor out drops, that's just uncanny. So high. Another um, thing, he gosh. had the least amount of yards out of any of the top four guys on like screen and plays behind the line of scrimmage. So he is throwing those the least amount of any other player, which means what is Ohio State doing? They're going, hey, we have the most accurate quarterback. What are we going to do? We're going to utilize that. We're going to utilize his skill set. Yet still, some people believe he's inaccurate, which will always blow my mind. <laughs> Um, but the final, the final thing I want to talk about Trey Lance, and then we'll take off here. I've also heard this. It's going to be hard for him to adjust to Kyle's offense. The offense North Dakota state runs is by far the most similar offense to what the 49ers run. We see very few fullbacks and tight ends being utilized, like either as in blockers or in the backfield, they use fullbacks, they use tight ends. They use play-action bootlegs. They're, most of their offense is determined on, okay, what are we doing pre-snap? What are we looking around? And if you look into how Kyle Shanahan's offense works, he calls basically every time they call two plays. And what Jimmy will do is he'll come up and he'll do like the, the helmet thing and or he'll do like the, the arm can, flap. Can, can, call, yep. Yeah, and so they'll, change, they'll adjust the play. It is so similar to what the Niners are doing. And I just, that one fascinates me. Like, oh, he's not going to be able to, this offense is, is like too different. 
no, in the way, the offense is almost the exact same offense that he, that Kyle's running. Like it is the closest thing. Um, I, I think for me, when I look at Fields, like that's one of the big things is like he's going to have to totally change the way that their offense works. Can he do it? Like, of course. Like we're we're looking at tools. We're looking at how he can can develop in in an offense. But for Trey Lance, I think that part's just outrageous. Is like, oh, the offense is different. Like, no, no. You if you watch three plays, you're going to see like, oh, this looks really similar to what the Niners are doing. Oh, yes. look, this guy is is playing the George Kittle role. Oh, this guy looks like he's playing the Kyle Juszczyk role. It, it's really odd. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, whenever I'm doing my film breakdowns that I do on like Twitter and for Patreon and whatnot for the podcast, so many times whenever I'm doing it, their game, I'm like, oh, the 49ers run this exact same play. A lot of double pre-snap motion. You'll get two guys moved out. They'll do the, you know, play action bootleg, fullback leak out the backside. They do the jet sweeps. They, I mean, it is the most 49er-centric or mirrored offense in college football. Um, and again, let's go back. History kind of gives us this cursor. Now, Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State. Obviously, terrible 2020 year. But if you remember, he was so good and adjusted to the NFL so fast, he started week one and they traded away Sam Bradford, right? Because he just picked up the offense so quick. It was easy because he had such a complicated offense in college. Um, so if, if you haven't watched North Dakota State, you should. And you know, since Trey Lance is gone, because their season's going on now, because uh, the Missouri Valley Conference they they postponed uh, to the spring, so they're playing now. Their team's bad now; they're not good. Uh, they have the same team, uh, minus you know Reduns and minus Trey Lance. They're not good anymore. They went undefeated with them, and now they're struggling. So it, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's just interesting how how people like judge these guys and then it's like what do you mean like they're all that's the most similar offense. <laughs> um, I, I always just find that so fascinating and I don't know if we're we're just hating on on Twitter people in this pod, but I, I just <laughs> I, I think it's just because of all the negativity around Trey Lance that I mean th this is the guy I really like and and I like I like to defend him. I like to say like hey like well, what about this though you know and, and I get the accuracy concerns and I, I think w one thing is. If I'm looking at him, there's a, the two big question marks I have is, okay, he hasn't played against that high competition. I do think that's fair to talk about. I think that's yes. totally reasonable. But if you're going to do it, don't act like Zach Wilson's going out there playing against Bama every week because he just isn't. He, like the game that he, the best team he played was Coastal Carolina and Boise State, I want to say. And he got shook in the, in the Coastal Carolina game. And, and yeah. people try to say, well, like they almost came back. They did. But Coastal Carolina also wasn't doing anything on the other side of the football. Like they weren't, they weren't pulling away. But that defense was getting to, to Zach Wilson. And he, he you know, his team, they dealt with some drops and stuff in that game, but he didn't look spectacular. And, and so I'm not trying to knock him, but you got to be consistent. If we're going to say, you know, it's going to take, a, it's going to be hard for him to adjust to the speed, it's going to be hard for Trevor Lawrence to adjust to the speed. It's going to be hard for every single one of these guys. Trey Lance might be a little bit higher degree, him and Zach Wilson. But I think that's one of the big things that he's going to have to overcome is, all right, I got to adjust this speed. The other thing is the accuracy issues. What has he done in this pre-draft process? He has said, I'm going to go work with the best quarterback coach in the world in Jordan Palmer, and I'm going to fix it. And we've seen some clips of, of just his motion. And I get it's just clips. You know, it's just the pro day. Stuff is on air. But the motion looks different, and it's trending in the right, right direction. So I think that's super important. But overall, the tools that are up there, I believe they are on par with all of the other guys. I think a lot of times they're a lot better. I love that you that you evaluated his pocket presence and said, wow, look, this guy's super elite. 
because that's just something that I don't think he's talked about like that. And so yeah. I, I love that that you're there on that. Um, also, the the offense that one's that will always confuse me of why people are like, oh, it's gonna the offense is different. Like, no, it's almost the same offense. <laughs> so I want to say thanks again, John, for coming on. This was a really fun show. Always love talking about Trey Lance. He is he's my favorite player, and I said that I will buy his jersey if they pick him <laughs> at number three. I, I, I love this dude. I already said I'm going to buy the use check jersey. So apparently if they take Lance and use check, I'm going to have those two. So I'm, I'm excited though. And I, I won't, I'm not going to be upset if they don't take him. I, I do like Justin Fields a lot. If they took Mac Jones, I would be, I would be floored first of all, but also be, I wouldn't be very happy about that one, but Justin Fields, great option. I think Trey Lance is even a better option. You can look at it and say, maybe it's a little bit more risky, Hey, you got to swing for the fences in the in the draft. I mean, we see teams do that, and look what the Chiefs did. Does anyone care about what the Chiefs traded up to get Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. So, I'm pumped for this draft, and I just want to say thanks again for coming on. This was a really fun episode. Absolute blast. Anytime, Matt.